This is University Radio Bath. Good morning. Welcome to uh, the radio. This is A&E Politics. We put the A into opinionated and the E into waffle. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I am Emily. Hello. I'm Adam. Nice to meet you. And we have now. such a special guest oh, with us it. today. Samaya is guys. with us. Do you want to introduce, introduce myself? Yeah. My name is Samaya. I'm a second year politics and IR student. Ooh. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> so today's show, we're going to touch on British politics. Then we're going to have Lily, the representative of the Bath University Disability Action Group, on uh, to talk about what they're doing and kind of talk about disability in politics more broadly. And then also, we're going to, at the end of the show, have a fun game about. The UN. Oh, I'm scared. UNESCO. It sounds <laughs> it's not a fun, competition, but genuinely it is fun, and I think you will enjoy mm. it. So yeah, it's um, be good. Before we get to any news today, I have to mention it. Last week we talked about Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker's Senate race runoff. Raphael Warnock, the good one, won. Yay! A whoop whoop. So that's some good, good news, news for my politics. Good news for the world. Um, I had to mention that because it's not in the show today. So he won. Great news. Democracy is still in threat in America, yes. in my opinion, but. Um, we're a step closer to a better world because of this. So, anyway, on with today's. That is a disgrace. You're reassured, I'm reassured. Not another Mistakes one. were made. Peppa Pig world. Thinks he's Obi Wan Kenobi. The truth is he's Jabba the Hutt. He lived rent free in his head. Hello, welcome back. So, what's happening in the world at the moment then? So, um, there's a couple things. Number one we're going to talk about is the Chester by-election, which yes. sounds really, really boring. So, what is a by-election, Emily? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Didn't a by-election is, is an election um, in between, kind of, between general elections yeah. that if an MP has been a bit naughty no, or... No, 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 no. or or they, they could have been moved up to the House of Lords, for yeah. example. Yeah, um, then if they, if they need to have another election um, to replace an MP, then they'll have a by-election. And yeah. that is what has happened in Chester. Yeah, so there was an MP, a former Labour MP, who resigned over serious me- sexual misconduct allegations. Um, and there was also a by-election there. And Labour yeah. won with a 60.8% of the vote, um, which is a 13-point swing from the last election. Again, it yeah. was already a Labour seat, so they haven't gained uh, any seats yeah. in the House of Commons. But, but they've gained votes in that one. They've gained votes in a seat that they already yeah. won when their former MP was the one accused of serious sexual yeah. misconduct, which is it's a pretty big sign, I think we can probably say, that Labour Party are much, much more popular now than the Conservative Party are, with the Conservative Party only getting 22.2% of the vote in this by-election. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense, because I don't know how anyone's voting, in my opinion, Conservative <laughs> right now. Because I, I couldn't myself. I don't, I don't know what you're, what you're kind of arguing for, what you're... I don't know. So, um, the deputy leader of the Labour Party called it a big message that people want change um, in... Because it's won by election. But, mm. like, what does this actually tell us? Because it's a won by election of 650-odd MPs. Yeah. It's in not going to change anything as we see it right now. No. Well, why is it probably, you know, most people probably don't even know that it's this happened. It wasn't kind of widely reported yeah. as much as some of the big news stories of the week. So why, why is this important? Why does this matter? Well, there have been a few by-elections this year where the Conservatives have significantly lost 
yeah. votes, right? So this is just another one, another string in this ongoing, like yeah. the Tories losing support. Um, I think that's why it's significant yeah. is that yeah. they're, they're kind of, it's not a good, for the Tories, it's not looking good mm. for the next general election. I right? think yeah. this represents, so there was a 13-point swing. So again, Labour had this seat already. But the fact that it was a 13-point swing, this, this, this seat was close in the last election. Yeah. It wasn't like it was, the Labour won it, but it was they won it with about 45% of the vote as opposed to like to 40% from the Conservatives, something like that. Don't quote me on those numbers. But it was much, much closer. And by-elections are often used as referendum against the kind of party in charge, and obviously that's Conservatives right now. But what? that's in by-elections where the MP that's being up is often the, like from the party in charge. And so yeah. th- the fact that it's such a big swing in an already Labour seat shows that not only are Labour Party, the Labour Party are doing well at the moment, I think it also shows that Conservative Party members are either not voting yeah, or yeah. they're turning out for other parties. I was also going to say, this is like Rishi Sunak's, is this his first by-election? Yes, under his, yeah. yeah, this is his and first by-election. And he's like fresh leadership, even though it's a 12-year like um, Conservative government. But I think the fact that there is no faith in him because surely like after a new mm. um, leader, I know we're in special circumstances right now where it's just <laughs> everyone's a bit well, leader right bad. <laughs> but I like, I think there's no hope for Rishi Sunak as well. It just mm. goes to show that even though the by-election shows there's a lot of support for Labour, no one sees real tra- change with Rishi Sunak either. And yeah, like he's been in office for like, what, a month now, a month yeah. and a bit. And for for them for Chester to have such a big swing for Labour, it's something I just do want to point out is that the so yeah they voted for a Labour MP but this MP the person is not the same as the person who's been accused of sexual oh, misconduct. Oh yes, that's really they haven't re-elected. No, he's, um, well the Labour Party has suspended yeah. the whip from him, which is the thing that makes him vote. So he's also. not an MP. He resigned as an MP. Yeah. so it's a new Labour. It's MP. a new person who they um, voted for, which because. Yeah. Obviously, there might be some people who are like, well, I don't want to vote Labour because mm. um, of, like, we had a, someone who's been accused of sexual misconduct. Yeah. But clearly that hasn't made any impact on Labour because they won by so much no, in this exactly. by-election. So, so, yeah. Um, it's also worth pointing out, I think, that when there's a kind of a honeymoon period, whenever we get a new Prime Minister... Uh, normally, there's like a little bump you get, like popularity. Yeah. Like when we when yeah. Boris Johnson wins an election, even people who don't like him kind of say, "Oh, let's give him a chance for yeah, a little bit." Exactly. So there's a little bit of kind of. It often sees in the president like elections, optimism. and they're like, yeah. it's, a, it's like a honeymoon period where the approval ratings go up. Sunak has not had that. And that's yeah, what my just, point is. Yeah, it's just the, been like going no, down. yeah, it's exactly. So like, you'd expect the the party in power to do better in this kind of yeah, by-election yeah. right now, um, especially having a new leader who's definitely more popular yeah. than the previous one but I think that we are in a come some kind of conservative death spiral at this point where I don't yeah. I mean I don't want to get too optimistic as, as a partisan Labour member I don't want to like assume we're going to win the next election exactly. but I it's looking very hopeful at the moment mm. and these numbers are kind of too good to be true yeah but I also don't think that Keir Starmer and the Labour Party should get what's the word complacent. like com- yeah com- exactly they shouldn't mm, get complacent with this and see this as like oh, we don't need to do much now in regards to, like, mm. when the next general election comes up to put in as much work because they think that contempt for the Conservative government yeah. automatically equals sure. Labour success, which isn't always the case no. because no, exactly. you get into situations where it's a hung parliament yeah. and, like, 
Yeah, so they need to still step up their game for the next election, yeah. I think. Exactly. So speaking of Labour, we're, we're, so we know they're doing better. They've won a by-election, which is, you know, Ooh. where there's all these polls all the time. You can see they're doing better in the polls. But what actually matters is winning elections. So uh, it's like a real poll. Like yeah. It's a, it's a proven poll. So we know they're doing better. Why are they doing better? So Labour have consistently been ahead in the polls by about 20 points, which would equate to a massive majority if that you know, happened in mm. a general election. Um, and basically, they've been talking quite a lot about their actual policies if they want to go into a What? Into <laughs> they have policies now? Policy. Oh my God. Uh, so here's a little clip of Keir Starmer talking about his plan for the House of Lords. Will you abolish the House of Lords and will it be in your first term? Uh, yes, we do want to abolish the House of Lords. I don't think anybody can defend the House of Lords. It's one of the recommendations, as you know, in today's um, report. What we're going to do after today is now consult on... Um, those recommendations, test them, and in particular, look at how can they be implemented. Wow. This is, I mean, I, I think as talking as politics students, as we all yes. are, yeah. abolishing House of Lords is quite, for me, again, an opinion show, very, very exciting, <laughs> because the House it, of Lords, for people who don't know, is the unelected yeah. body, that, the body that sits above the House of Commons. It's yeah. not as important as the House of Commons. They, and they don't sit physically above. No. I'm, as Just in... in <laughs> <laughs> They're just sitting above them, like on yeah, the stair, yeah, like yeah. a little like um, yeah, an umpire's down. chair, yeah. <laughs> just above the House of Commons. Um, no, no, sometimes I do kind of wake up in the night and I remember that the House of Lords is a thing, and I'm like, what? Yeah. This is so mental. We're, we're classified as one of the oldest democracies yeah. in the world, but it's just like it's what absolute madness. Like Alan Sugar is just sitting there going <laughs> yes or no to all these lords. Yeah, like, it's it's really a crazy system because basically, if you don't know how the House of Lords work. The Prime Minister gets to mon nominate people to sit in the House of Lords, and they yeah. get to sit there forever once they're in there. The so the Lords has lives. over 850 members Second who biggest. show up whenever they want. It's a massive, Sameer's massive got a stat. <laughs> Sameer's they're, got a stat. Biggest, they're not elected. Yeah, yeah second biggest. In, second chamber in the whole world behind China so we have behind China and it's unelected as well it's so it's like yeah, unelected. crazy um so there's there was there's been some reform which we'll touch on later in yeah. the past about the House of Lords but effectively it used to be a way that the kind of earls and barons of different yeah. regions of the UK got to have their say over the you know so you've got the House of Commons which is the House of Commoners all the this Commoners is, uh, yeah. Yeah, all those representatives of plebs. those, those plebs yeah, again opinion ordinary show. people but this is um, and then the lords who are the experts in yeah. certain fields uh, like so you, you know there are some lords up there who are like prominent academics and stuff who can, yeah. mm -hmm. can they get to see legislation and stuff and because they're not elected House of Lords can't actually like if the government and the House of Commons passes a bill and then the Lords send it back and the House of Commons pass it again, the Lords can't stop it anymore because yeah, yeah. they are not elected, so there's less legitimacy um, and the Commons is the sovereign part of it. But that's getting into all this weird stuff about like sovereignty and legitimacy. Um, but there's loads and loads of controversies surrounding the House of Lords at the moment, which is one of the reasons that Keir Starmer's probably coming out in favour of fundamentally reforming it. So Liz Truss, the super, super effective... Remember her? <laughs> Um, Prime Minister at the start of this year um, who was obviously beaten by a lettuce um, and <laughs> she because she was Prime Minister she gets the Prime Minister's paycheck every year for the rest of her life and she gets to write a list in the New Year's Honours yeah. of people that she wants to be Lords she was Prime Minister for 45 days Jeez. and she gets to choose yeah. people to be in this unelected chamber in our government yeah 
for the rest of their lives, yeah. which can also yeah. include party allies. We don't know who's on the list, no. but it could be people like Kwasi Kwarteng, and the Chancellor, who crashed the economy. That she would be can, so she funny. She <laughs> out of the Commons, because if you are um, an MP, you can't sit in both chambers, so yeah. you have to move yeah, to the Lords, yeah. but you're always going to be in government then. You can't exactly. be kicked out of the Lords. At the moment, there's no real mechanism. And that influence that potentially yeah. Kwasi Kwarteng could always have. It's so medieval, don't you think? That yeah. It's just like... I'm gonna. I'm gonna give my, my friends. friends. Yeah, like I want to give my friends some power. Like, <laughs> stop yeah. it! Stop it's it! It's the now. most corrupt thing. It, I Honestly. think. In, well, I mean, there's not. There's loads of corrupt in our politics. Yeah, there's but a there's, lot of um, there's. It's one of the really really corrupt ways because yeah. you can literally give a, a lordship to a peership, yeah. as it's called, yeah. to, to whoever to you whoever want. Whoever you yeah. want, and they announced Boris's yes. list, oh, no. and it's quite something on yeah. there. You've, you've got the likes of Alok Sharma, so the cop cop guy cop guy cop guy um you've also got his best friend guy. yeah and um nadine dory's baroness nadine dory's oh maybe <laughs> yeah so she's, she she was former culture secretary yes under boris Johnson. and boris's um, lover she, i think she's opinion oh, show massive, <laughs> massive, <laughs> she wishes massive massive fan of boris always um yeah i think runs around the term, around the term is brown nosing i think is probably a, an effective way of describing yeah. it she's yeah. she's a fanatic for boris johnson she um, loves him it's very bizarre but you know he clearly loves her back because he's <laughs> going to give her a lifelong job in the in house the house of, of lords, lords. Yeah. you also got charlotte owen who i didn't know who that was but apparently boris's former one of his former assistants who is in her late 20s so she's going to be there a long time a long time and she would be the youngest person in the house of lords ever if oh my God. if she got that and also um sean bailey lord sean, sean oh, bailey a lot of who yeah so he i don't know so who's sean bailey Emily? so if anyone doesn't know i have beef with sean bailey same <laughs> here not 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 personal <laughs> beef and Emily have not personal beef, beef with sean bailey but so he um he was the conservative candidate for mayor in the what should have been 2020 election but was 2021 he lost obviously Sadiq Khan is the mayor London mayor of London mayor, sorry I beg your pardon <laughs> London mayor and um so he had to um resign from his job in the London assembly because do you remember Partygate? Yes. What? He Partygate? got accused of having um, Christmas parties in lockdown. And he went, oh, no, no, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. Then the next day, someone so beautifully produced a photo of everyone. And he was right there in, right the in the middle of the photo, <laughs> smiling. And he couldn't, he couldn't say that it wasn't and him. And it was such a party. Like, if yeah. you saw it, it, looked, looked, it kind of been like, it oh, like it, was a, a it was a it business was a meeting. Time. No, it was a party. They had, like, Christmas crackers, crackers and, on there. Yeah. Also, this was a time and where nibbles. you were being stopped if you sat on a bench yeah. Yeah. because you weren't allowed to, like, stay out, sit down. You had to be exercising if you were outside. That yeah. was that was. No, I think this was 20... This party was... Um, I think it might only been last year. No, no, no. It was... Wait, what year are we in now? No, because it was... 2020. I can't remember. It would have been Christmas of 2020. But he broke all the rules, basically. That's the bottom line. Was this before the mayor elections? This was... uh, So it must have been Christmas Yeah, it was... Yeah. Which was... was We had like four days where we were allowed to see family. Where COVID wouldn't spread in the four days around Christmas. But then after then you could... Uh, No, because London was in tier four. So it was even worse. Oh, this tier system. Yeah. what is. Anyway, so he had to resign from his job in the London Assembly. But basically, 
Um, he is going to be made a lord because he worked under Boris Johnson when Boris was mayor of London. And they've like been buddies ever since. And actually, I was um, I remembered last night. So the Sadiq Khan, that when he was trying to bail out TFL um, after COVID, so TFL had no money because no one had been traveling because we were all mm. obeying the rules as everyone should have been. Yeah, um, clearly not everyone. Clearly not everyone. And um, so then Sadiq Khan had to go to the government and say, well, TFL needs to be bailed out. Like, help me, please. And so they came, they struck a deal, but it ended up with all the prices going up and... Um, and like kids couldn't were no longer free and it was really a, quite a big impact on people that use public transport in London every day and then um during the mayor election so they were running and Sadiq Khan's thing he was going to try and like reform TFL blah 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 but Sean Bailey was going oh well I'm besties with Boris so if you vote for me I'll just get him to reverse that deal he'll bail out TFL for nothing and like the prices will stay the same or get cheaper because mm. I've got sneaky links with the government. <laughs> and um, it's not sneaky at that point, is it? It's no, like it was very public. Yeah. But it was like this this kind of corruption between they were using his he was using his link with the government to try and gain mm. votes in it. Yeah. It was all very pathetic. Yeah, and like underhand and just a bit kind of yeah. not not nice. But he didn't win anyway, but he's gonna be made a lord, so now he has say so over has everything. Every single yeah. legislation that passes. Uh, is, he's now going to have a say over. It's yeah, um, and also mentioning the House of um, what kind of House of Lords and uh, what we were talking about earlier is all these people coming out of the House of Commons. So in Doris, for example, that's by elections, and oh, there's yeah. a, a talk about Boris Johnson doing this because he's really bitter about not being Prime Minister anymore, about his party pushing him out of office. He's now taking a bunch of Conservatives out of their seats to put them in the House of Lords, which means they'll have to buy elections in their seats, which the Conservative Party will lose, Ooh. probably, because there's a massive swing towards Labour, as we were discussing earlier. So he's, like, trying to right sabotage yeah, his own horrible, party. Well, he's trying to... He's, I don't... Opinion show. I don't think he's a very nice man, Boris Johnson. Mm. But there's, that there's really that's an a opinion very, or that's a, very, that's a very tepid take. Yeah. Usually we have hot takes, but that's just like <laughs> lukewarm. We should have a different rating. For takes. Yeah. That was tepid. That is tepid. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's uh, that's little, yeah. That's that. um, we mentioned earlier about a bit of um, reform to the yes. House of Lords. Um, there was reform in 1990s. Um, Emily is the expert on House of Lords. Reform. Am I? Yeah. I, I kind so. of hate it so much. <laughs> I hate the House of Lords so much that I am fascinated by it. So, was it 1999? It was under Tony Blair. The House of Lords Reform Act passed. Um, If that's wrong, someone let me know. But um, I, I, I think it was. I'm going 1999. Trying to like channel right. in my A-level <laughs> yeah, yeah. history. And knowledge. so what do they do? I think they just got rid of quite they a lot of hereditary yeah. peers. So hereditary peers, let's talk about that real quick. Oh my gen- God, don't. It is people who yeah. they give peerships to the family. So let's yeah. say Steve is yeah. a lord and then his son lord John. Steve. As soon as Steve dies, John gets to be a lord. Yeah. John has no specific experience no. in being in yeah. government but he gets to be a lord just because of his family yeah that, and they there are still a bunch of hereditary peers in the house of lords but yeah, there's until like 1907 there were a lot didn't, a lot more than there uh, are now didn't wasn't part of the um reform 
to limit it to 97 hereditary peers. Yeah. It's 97 It's limited, peers, but still 97. Uh, yeah, it's still a lot. It's a like, lot. it's yeah. very, like, aristocratic. How many like, people in the House of Lords, like, let's say, if we're rounding it up to 900? Yeah. That's still I know, one ninth. Uh, yeah, of course. Exactly. And also, uh, something I find fun about the House of Lords to mention is that they don't get paid for like how long they're there like yeah. you get paid for a normal job you get they get paid for showing up so lots of peers go in sign in, say, sign in, in a little mm. like reception area and then go home they get paid i think it's 300 quid this it's, was this was a couple crazy. years ago i learned this so it could be yeah. wrong um and then they go home so they don't actually have to like they, also, also the people that are here like the hereditary peers they don't need this money because they are from very, very wealthy families that managed mm-hmm. to get a peership uh, like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And they show up, they get paid, and they go home. They don't actually... It, it, the, yeah. the corruption and the like, it just how doesn't anti-democratic this body is exactly. is crazy. So I fully support Lord's Reform. Um, we don't yes. know exactly what Labour are going to propose within their proposal for the Lord's Reform, but the, ble- the, the Brown... Classic Labour. Um, the <laughs> Brown report that he's talking about advocates for a Senate-style elected body with Power people the from people. regions and See, stuff. See, I'm very pro-democracy. However... Oh, no. Right. The public have not proven they can vote for... A, sensible ideas, mm. and B, sensible politicians. So however much I am anti the House of Lords, do I think having the public, have especially more, more, more the votes. British public, yeah. vote for something sensible? I am, I am sceptical. But yeah. the House of Lords is mental. Yeah, and the House of Lords is mental. Yeah, that's, yeah that's but I mean, feelings. I think so that... Are you then saying the British public are dumb? Like, no. Well, I'll because take, I take. think it's about it's about democratic legitimacy, yeah. right? Like, this is very. It's very Hobbesian of me yeah. to. Yeah. It's, Hobbesian. It's, it's I'm like, reading Thomas Hobbes. Uh, it's almost like the House of Lords just represents to me like a, a bunch of people that need to make like laws for people that can't make them, like that don't have any minds of themselves. Mm. And I feel like Keir Starmer is making the initiative that yeah. is like whilst these people are also like very good at what they do they yeah. also need that legitimacy so that they can like mm. no the house of lords fit. does seem to have kind of gone under the radar for 20 years yeah. because yeah. it is insane but um, yeah no yeah. i do think i do think it needs to be changed and i do think that should be done democratically i was just <laughs> i was just throwing an idea out so the other reforms in this kind of cuz this this um what's about brown as in gordon brown the yeah. former prime minister um, under a uh, chancellor under Blair and then prime minister for a couple of years after Blair resigned um, he's had a review into kind of constitutional practices and stuff so he's one of his recommendations is ditching the House of Lords reforming it and this is what Labour they've signalled that they are supporting it and that's what Keir Starmer said in the clip this is the review he's talking about they also proposed powers for local people to promote bills in Parliament via democratically elected bodies so that's like kind of more council local power in areas so people mm. can join together and challenge laws and legislature based on in from local areas there's also a um, constitutional guarantee of social and economic rights powers for mayors on education transport and research funding and no second jobs for mps these are some of the proposals matt hancock is quaking literally um so just on the top one mentioning what we're talking about about more democracy kind of for the british people potentially not being the best thing i think there is a risk with allowing people to kind of form groups to challenge laws in that you'll have quite a lot of people in certain areas who could group together mm. and challenge laws so in because 
what this means is people can kind of make a society of people who disagree with something and then they can kind of have a initiative to challenge the law in the legislature. So you could have groups of people who are anti-abortion rights joining yeah. up together this is the thing and challenging the right to an abortion in uk law like yeah. i think there's I, a problem there i like the idea of it mm. but especially with how we've seen organizations kind of yeah. like far right ones especially yeah. being able to group up like you know look at the attack on the us capital for example I, I was gonna say though that you're always gonna have that risk but mm. also weren't these like arguments made before devolution was a thing that yeah. And obviously, like, with the amount of, like, Scottish independence, like, the amount of support that they've gained, like, it goes to show that if sometimes you give um, a group too much power that they can just want to break away. Mm. But I think with this is that there should be, like, the Labour Party, if they do abolish it, it needs, there needs to be, like, measures in place so that it doesn't happen. Like, when Northern Ireland, um, was it the abortion and... um, same-sex marriage where they had mm. to mm. just um, govern again from Westminster so they could give the referendum. Yeah. It, measures like that need to take yeah. place so that it doesn't get too out of hand. And I feel like if they are a good enough government that they'll be able to do no, that. No, exactly. And I think it's worth pointing out this is all kind of, they're not in government yeah, yeah, really yeah. enough. Um, so this is all, kind of, they haven't legislated for this stuff. They haven't even run a manifesto of this stuff yet. They're just coming just up with proposals. policies, which is about time. <laughs> well, they, like, kids woken up. about the fact that Labour have no policies. Um, I feel like this is part of his like plan though because even when he was running for um, leader of the Labour Party no one really knew what he stand- stood for no. right so it's like I feel like he's only like this is just be- like in the wake in the not the wake as soon as like a, a general election is approaching right so he now needs to say yeah. stuff Start and a bunch of it going. is kind of vague because it's like he says abolish the house of lords and more power to the people but what does that mean i feel like that is part of his yeah. tactic to win because he doesn't want to like yeah. these big statements yeah. with not much backing yeah. them he up. wants as many people exactly. to vote it's like testing the waters to see how it goes down yeah. so far, the yeah. parties, like we're talking about how well they're doing the polls lots of that is because the conservative party is falling apart yeah and now but to win an election, Labour don't just have to kind of get votes for like, oh, no, we can't possibly have the, you know, the lesser of two evils. We can't just have the Conservatives anymore. They also need people to believe in them, exactly. to vote them in, because otherwise people will vote for the Liberal Democrats, yeah. they vote for other parties, and they'll have a hung parliament. Like, yeah. Labour need a majority mm. to be able to do most of this stuff. So they need to be pushing an inspiring message that gets people to vote for them. And I think this is a good step on the way, because yeah. I'm, I'm quite support these measures. No second jobs for MPs is a great one like that. I think that's really, really good. Um, because it also means that there's less kind of conflict of interest. So I would think, that mean that Jess well. Phillips can't be on everything on Hopefully. Channel 4? <laughs> because, <laughs> because if so, I'm so pro that. Yeah. Like, n- no tea, no shade to Jess Phillips, but why is she on everything? She's constantly it's extremely on the, annoying. Yeah, that's that's my TV. that's I've my tepid never take. Seen her on oh, I watch a lot more TV <laughs> than everyone yeah. else, I think. But like the last leg, Bake Off, like everything, she's she pops up and then um, yeah, she just wants to be seen. Yeah, by. yeah. Um, and last thing I want to mention is kind of more local powers for kind of mayors yeah. and transport and stuff. And I think this is just opinion show. I think this is great. I think this is really really good. This is exactly what we need. We need local communities to be making kind of more local decisions. I think a really good example of how devolution has been really effective is 
like the Manchester mayor of at the moment Andy Burnham he does a really good job for advocating for Manchester and advocating for Manchester issues because he's in Manchester he knows what Manchester's problems are he knows what, which bus what services are running well what the train service needs he knows these specifics and I think the problem with having admittedly we're quite a small country like yeah. really geographically but we're, we're yeah. broad in the way there's a lot going on there's a lot of people there's a lot of places and you cannot expect a, like a massive government in the middle to know everything about these yeah. local areas so sending the money out to these local areas who can then you know prioritize different areas for what Even they need businesses in that area. as well it's like just, it's exactly what you need you can't, you can't yeah each part of the country is doesn't have the same need some parts need different things and i think it's really good to kind of spread the wealth out yeah. mm-hmm. instead of holding it in the central government yeah to centralize the government is just like out of touch with its people like you don't know what businesses and like even agriculture and stuff like that like that's not something that and like Westminster is going to know specifically you have to give people the opportunity to do what they want and what is beneficial for them yeah 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 you can't expect one central body to know everything about everything and everywhere and everyone um so yeah I think it's um it's a good sign that Labour now have something to stand for um and An yeah. actual policy. Oh, yeah, that's good. Really yeah. Good. <laughs> when we get back, we will talk to Lily about the Bath yes. University Disability Action Group. And then, after that, we'll play a um, UNESCO-themed game. So it's going to be fun. I'm scared. U-U-R-B-B-B. Welcome back to A&E Politics. We're still here with Adam and Samaya, but we have been joined by... The lovely Lily. Mm. Hello, Lily. Hello. Um, (laughs) Do you uh, want to introduce yourself? So, I'm one of the chair members for DAG, the Disability Action Group at the university. Um, I do the social media, and yeah, it's just a place for all disabled students, and I'm on it because I have cystic fibrosis, which is a lung and digestive system disease. Fantastic. I just want to say before we start this interview, I think Lily is incredible. An opinion show, but I think Lily's fantastic. <laughs> I find, find you really inspirational. And also, worth pointing out, not important to interview, runs like half marathons all the time, which yeah, is just insane. very impressive. Congratulations. Um, so, Lily, what is, what is the Disability Action Group? So, it's, um, it's been recently revived this year. It's for students who identify as disabled or allies. Um, it's just a place for everyone, really, to come together to talk about things like disabled students' allowance and inclusion. Um, and it's a, like really showing a new way of looking at disabilities as in not all of, like not everyone is just in a wheelchair to class as disabled yeah yeah i i, I was looking through instagram uh, the, which i'm guessing is mostly you because you're the social media yeah. manager and i just i saw this post which said um disability is still valid if you're having a good day and i laughed at it because i thought well of course it is but i can see actually that people might think that oh that person's having a good day especially if it's not kind of a really visible disability yeah. that uh, it kind of invalidates it a little bit and that's just like i don't know i feel mm. like it's a really important message to send that you can be happy and have a disability you don't always have to be up against it and really sad so i just thought the message was really important there. yeah no completely i think <clears throat> the most way that people look at disabilities is in like a completely completely awful negative thing but I think it's important to look at like you could look at like you wouldn't look at me for example and think that I have a disability mm. so I think it's just a new way of looking at it and that it's not always an awful really depressing yeah. thing yeah, so, yeah. fantastic Lovely. what um what is I've seen uh, the reason you're on today to talk about disability awareness month and also because you're a great guest um <laughs> so what is disability awareness month and why is it not the start of the month or the end of the month 
It's like in the middle to the middle, I noticed. I don't know why it's middle to middle, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, just highlighting, I guess, because there's different months for different disabilities as well. Like, um, But this month in particular is just looking at the history of all disabilities, how things have changed to be more inclusive, because I think there is completely a new way of looking at disabilities these days. Um, like, There's a lot more awareness in the fact that it's not you're in a wheelchair and that's the only way you can have a disability. So looking at like the history of how things have changed and how things are improving mm. and how they still need to improve. And on that history, yeah. um, there's a timeline. I think I was surprised at how recent this stuff is. Um, so 1970, the first act uh, in the world to give rights to disabled people was passed in the UK. And then in 1995, protests by disabled people led to a law making it illegal to discriminate against Disabled people, how is that only like 20 years? That is shocking. That's crazy. Why is that so recent? And also, in 2004, legal requirements to make reasonable adjustments to make buildings accessible, so like ramps and stuff. Like, how is. How is that so recent? It should have been, surely, yeah. we've figured out a society to create, yeah. like, to no, make it fairer that. earlier than that. It's, I find this crazy. Um, and just whilst we're on disability, I've got the definition of disability from the Equality Act in 2010. You know how to have fun. I do. <laughs> I had a really fun little Google before this. Uh, if you have a physical, so if you're disabled under the Equality Act 2010, if you have a physical or mental impairment that has a substantial and long-term negative impact on your ability to do normal daily activities, which it's quite a broad way of, disc- I think, way of describing disability, which is, I think, good, because it also means that lots of people come under it who, like, traditionally, I think disabilities have been seen as physical impairments, that's it, that you can't have other ones. And then we're broadening it to be a kind of a... Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah. Which, um, because... Oh, did you have something to say, No, no, go. Oh, OK. Um, well, I just wanted to talk a little bit about kind of bring politics into this. Sorry, but it is a politics <laughs> show. Um, so there has been a rising a number of applications for disability benefits called the PIP, um, which stands for Personal Insurance Payment, I think. I could be wrong on that, but it's definitely called PIP. Um, and there's a massive increase in it over the last two years, since summer 2021 and July 2022. Um, and this is driven, in, this is being caused by worsening health across the population. So lots of people, so for example, people who've had COVID, and haven't had it treated for a long time or treated properly because of the massive backlog in the NHS and because they're really struggling right now, uh, have developed issues long term, which has now become a disability for those people. And so there's a massive, massive increase in the amount of people who now are like defined and can define themselves as being disabled as well. And I think this speaks to the massive amount of chronic underfunding we've had from yeah. 12 years of Conservative government. and. The NHS wasn't great under um, the Labour government before, let's not, let's not pretend. I just watched that incredible TV show, This Is Gonna Hurt, and read the book by good. Adam Kay. And it's, that's set in 2006, which yeah. is obviously Blair yeah. um, NHS, and it's already underfunded and already yeah. struggling. But the kind of extent to which we're, like, that it's struggling now, when the nurses mm. are striking for the first time in their history because it's so terrible for them, I think there's a real... <sighs> storm brewing I think in the NHS and we're really like we're not going to realize how much we need it until we're not going to have it anymore yeah. it's really really in threat and danger and I don't really have a conversation topic for this <laughs> I'm just trying no. to kind of bring awareness to it yeah, more because yeah. I think it's really really dangerous and yeah, really scary. Lily, do you know like what the government are doing are they doing anything probably not great work <laughs> but you know <laughs> I don't think Definitely, no. I think more needs to be done just for inclusion and just everything as a whole really in funding mm. yeah so anything like specific any 
that they are doing or that, they or should that be you doing. think they should be doing? Mm. I think the funding for NHS is a big one. Like yeah. the, I think it's personal independence payment, the PIP. Oh, is yeah. independence? Um, I, I think so. That might be wrong. Though. Um, I think checks. that's because I've like undergone that yeah. um, with mm. having CF. I, it's so hard to like access. Yeah. You have to have like this meeting. It's very like kind of you're proving this person. It's interview. It's like an interview, really. Uh, that you're disabled and that you yeah. like, qualify for this, and I think that's not good. <laughs> like, no, that yeah. must be absolutely like. How do you? I don't know. Like, it's yeah, like persuading someone yeah. that oh, you're. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to prove to you that I have a disability. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I turned 16 and had to do that, and it was like a massive thing, like so wow. intense. That's like yeah. proving to this guy I just met that I like that who came to interview like that I had a disability. But also presumably, oh like, God. okay, you failed to in, uh, to convince him that you've got a disability. Yeah. Your disability doesn't go. Oh, well, I guess I don't have a disability. Yeah, well, no, I can. I'm, you know, yeah. you don't have to do your you know, like your yeah. machines for. CF I remember and stuff. Alex Brooker, who is on the last leg. Um, he has <laughs> just, cultural just, references. He has. Um, I think he he his arms aren't fully formed, and he doesn't have one of his feet. I think. And I remember him talking about this, saying like he was trying to persuade to this man that he he's disabled, and he was like showing his arms, being like, "Is this not enough? Is this not yeah. enough?" But yeah, yeah. No. So that that must be quite kind of traumatic when you're 16 yeah. years old trying to yeah you have to do yeah. it every i think it's every three years as well oh my god like, you have I'm, to reprove that you're disabled, disabled by the way yeah. oh okay that's good when's your next <laughs> checkup well i'm 19 so i guess soon oh wow <laughs> good luck so i'm i'm confused so you don't i i assumed as ignorant in this clearly that once you've been proven disabled because I don't know enough about this CF to know it doesn't go away, does it? Like you, you're going to have this away, no. for the rest of your life. But so no. you're not going to suddenly become undisabled. No. So um, yeah, I think it's pretty crazy. You have to redo it every that's, three years. That's <laughs> And then to just to be able to receive the funding that I think you should yeah. get because you yeah because yeah, you have to like for example when you you were telling me before not on the show clearly but when you go on holiday for example you have to take loads of extra stuff with you yeah. and obviously when I travel like for a couple of days I tried not to take a massive carry-on because to pay for the extra ticket yeah. and stuff but I imagine you have to take a lot of stuff no, yeah. so every time <laughs> you have to pay for it and like there's this, this ways that being disabled is more expensive yeah, because definitely. you have to to make like spend money on things that you like to yeah. have space to have certain things so you can deal with it so this is why these payments are important I think it's worth pointing out because obviously the money itself doesn't actually physically help necessarily the disability no. but it does help you live with it easier um, yeah. so I think that's worth yeah. putting out as well yeah so um, what what are you, what are uh, Bath doing are they doing anything for disability awareness um well? I think like the chair of DAG is in like talks to like the people running the SU quite yeah. a lot I think they're quite keen to like anything that she says about doing like to help with it like for example study rooms and stuff like separately and also when you join uni I don't know if this is all unis but I know it is in Bath and um, they invite you to like go for a meeting to like mm. talk about everything, how they can help you, like if you needed extra time in exams or just anything like that, or with transport. So like I think they are. I think there's always more mm. everyone can be doing, but yeah. I think they are pretty good mm. in Bath. Yeah, no, that's that's good to hear. Some of the ways that the well, my lecturers seem to talk about is the, these disability action plans. But all they seem to be, I mean, I, again, not someone who's disabled, so I can't, I don't actually have a disability action plan. But they seem to just be like, oh, the lectures recorded. 
Is, are there, yeah. Do the action plans actually go far enough, I think? Because, I mean, it obviously it depends on the disability, depends on what the action plan yeah. is, but they seem to be recording the lectures, which I can imagine for people with certain mental disabilities yeah. isn't that helpful necessarily, especially with the kind of the difficulty of the tests and the exams mm. we have to do. Yeah. Because I, like, I struggle it. with the fact that the lectures are recorded anyway. Like, yeah. I, I'm not... <laughs> Um, and I don't have a, a disability, so I like I don't know. Do they go far enough? Um, I don't think so. I mean, it's meant to be specific to you, but like you said, it's mostly lectures are recorded, and do you need extra time in exams? Yeah. Pretty much. Is. So we have a quiz this afternoon, which is assessed for our, for me. I say this as we as in me, Emily, and Samaya because yeah. we've all got the same yeah. degree. Same module. Uh, we have a we have a quiz this afternoon, and the disability action plan gives you ten minutes more on is the end of the quiz. It? You get 10 yeah. minutes more. Oh and it, I just feels like God. that feels a bit, I don't know, like a cop out. It's like, oh, you get help, yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. I, I just feels like not enough. Especially yeah. It also depends on disability. So I don't think, for example, you would need the extra 10 minutes. No. But there will be people in a different situation who would need way more assistance yeah, than just 10 minutes more time. No, so it's I, kind of like checking a box, really. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, a, that's an action We've plan. We've got a yeah. plan, yeah. Yeah, that's helping, exactly. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to bring you in on the last topic before we move on to the, the game and yes. today's show is the word disabled because I think there's been a bit of debate over the last few years if it's offensive to call people disabled. Um, there's, I've, I've heard conversation about calling it differently abled and stuff and like a different word for it. Um, we've been using the word disabled through the interview today. Yeah. So I just wonder what your opinion is on the, obviously like what the word is. Um, yeah. like what, what to describe it as I don't think it's offensive okay. I mean unless you were like someone wasn't disabled and you were using it as an insult you know? yeah, but yeah. Um, no I wouldn't say it is I think that's kind of what DAG is about as well it's kind of like owning that if mm. you because it's for if you identify as disabled like in any way Yeah. I think no I wouldn't say that it's an offensive thing okay. I think yeah that you've yeah. got to like so you don't think it. we should move to like differently abled or something like no, that no I don't think so okay no. cool I just, I just yeah. wondered yeah. I've seen that before University Radio Bath. Welcome back to AE Politics. I'm Emily. I'm here with Adam and Samaya and our loyalist listener, oh, Lily. Like That's quite the tongue twister. <laughs> now, official friend of the pod. Um, Listening in Rome a couple of weeks ago, weren't you? Yeah. yeah I made my dad listen. When in Rome, yeah, listen to AE Politics. Twice. Yeah. We've got a German listener and now we had someone in, in Italy, which is awesome. So, yes. And, um, so thank you, Lily, for, for being here and, and listening every week. We have, well, Adam has, so, I let Adam come up with a game this week. And I think, I think he's hit it out of the park. So actually, we've actually, so. thank you, thank you. Um, so welcome. we got good, some good reviews on Emily's game last week, the yes. skiing game. Amazing um, reviews. <laughs> some, some good reviews. So I've tried to, to keep up with it. So it's a little bit of a wind up. So give me, give me a chance. So the UN, big supranational body that kind of operates in global government if it was one you know that that body yeah. designates certain items and certain places to be of kind of great cultural value to the human race so Stonehenge is one Bath actually as a city is a UNESCO World Heritage Site because of the architecture and the Georgian stone I think it is mm. um, they recently on their list of let me get the exact name of the list it's the list of intangible cultural heritage of humanity put the French baguette on that list which <laughs> I like, I'm a fan of, I love a French uh, oui. <laughs> as a list of cultural and intangible humanity. So, our game today, we've all come today with something we yeah. were going to argue is going to be on this list. So we're all this going is to our pitch to the UN. We are going to pitch yeah. to the UN. UN, if you're listening. 
Take Most note. importantly to our audience, <laughs> what we think should be on the list. And then, yes. because we believe in democracy... We do. We Get rid of the put, House of Lords. We're yeah. going to put this to the loyal listeners of today's show. So, after today's show, go to our Instagram and our Twitter yes. and vote in the poll on whose idea and whose proposal was the most salient to you and then yeah. an- we'll announce the winners on and then whoever wins I guess is like in charge of the world or something yeah, yeah. I think they just win and they get their, their, their item or whatever it is it doesn't have to be a thing on the list alongside the baguette which is but without further ado I think I'm going first yeah go, you go first go for it uh, I'm so excited we don't know what everyone we, else is as yeah. well We're so this is live reaction um, I am going to submit for me for my for the intangible list of cultural heritage Mayonnaise. I think <gasps> mayonnaise. That's so good! Absolutely. Is it though? Absolutely. Excuse me. Wait, <laughs> wait, like hang on. Okay, like go, floor. you go have the floor and then we'll have okay. questions. We'll, we'll do, we'll do yeah, I'll, I've got a few. Okay, mm. mayonnaise. It goes with absolutely everything. And this is a controversial thing. I have it with everything. I had a stir fry. Yeah. Tofu, broccoli, soy sauce, noodles, mayo. Smashed. It was so, so good. When I went to the Isle of Wight, on a school Shout trip. out to the Isle of Wight. I, had, <laughs> I love that I place. Had a pile of cucumber <laughs> and mayonnaise on the side, and it was the best meal I've ever eaten. I think in, mayonnaise in, is the greatest thing. I don't think I need to make an argument here. In the honest. Isle of Wight, you can get I'm vegan garlic and vegan mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Incredible. Garlic it's mayonnaise. vegan mayonnaise. There's so many varieties of it. Yeah, vegan mayonnaise. Really yeah, good. better than normal mayo. Say. I can't speak to normal mayo, but it's really good. I really like it. You can't speak to it. But potato salad. Is potato salad good without the mayo? No. A sandwich. You can make anything. I don't have mayo. No. So, any questions about mayo? Because I don't think I need to defend this position. I've, no. I've got a question, actually. Okay, of all question. the condiments, it seems like the most boring, <laughs> don't you me. think? No. But, I mean, I hate ketchup, so, like, <gasps> but like that's mayo. a debate for another day. But yeah, I mayo's, think mayo's up there. you've got, like, chilli sauce. Yuck. No. No. Yuck. Get that out of here. No. I feel like no. I'm going to say so that as mine, then. I like is chilli mayo. <laughs> If it's mayo, chili it's mayo is good. Something about but, mayo. Okay, it's but creamy. Can, but what about like garlic mayo? That's better than every good condiment. Like it's is good. Is it UN worthy? That's my hot take. That's my that's my hot Can take. Can I just? Oh, I just want to say going back. That's my to, hot take. Oh, sorry. Sorry, it's hot take alarm. <laughs> I wanted to use that all go, week. Going going <laughs> going back to the Isle of Wight and mayo. Actually, in Bath Christmas Market, the garlic farm have a stall and their garlic mayonnaise, it's from the Isle of Wight, it's the best mayonnaise. Is I've it ever vegan? Eaten. Probably not, so Adam oh, will never be able to Adam taste can't. it. But it's really good. I would, I'd submit normal mayo and vegan mayo to the list. I think they're both really good. Oh, I thought if I went and argued vegan so mayo, good. you guys wouldn't know what I'm talking about because you haven't probably tried it. Normal so mayo, yeah. I'm going to go for normal mayo because it slaps. That's a, it's interesting. You're putting your morals aside. My morals aside? Yeah, my morals and my vegs aside, <laughs> yeah. Vegs. Okay, Emily, what's your, what's your proposal? Okay, let me just get my notes. Because oh, <laughs> notes. I have oh, done some research and I genuinely will not, will not accept anyone else. Mayo is good, but... Mayonnaise. Okay. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> let me just adjust the microphone. Well, none of us know what this is. Wheelie luggage. Oh. I'm just gonna. I'm placing that right there. Listen now. I've got some. I've got. I've got some information. Okay. Right. It was invented by Bernard Sadow in 1970. Wow. They didn't put wheels on a suitcase till 1970. People were lugging their bags. Yes. Like so. I'm thinking the wheel, the actual wheel itself, was invented in 4000 BC. Okay, it took 5,970 years to put wheels on a bag. Like, this is an 
this is an amazing invention. Mm. Um, like the evacuees in in films always look so miserable. They're holding all their cases. Yeah. Like, because they're fleeing war. No, 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 no. <laughs> they would be so much happier if they had their little suitcases lugging them around on the wheels. Um, everything is better with wheels. Yeah. It's also an iconic part of rom-coms, isn't it? When yeah. they're always at the airport. Just yeah. Like, Everything's uh, yeah. better with wheels. Wheelie bins were only widely used in the 80s. Okay. Okay, this so is a is fairly it, so new is invention. Okay. Is it or, wheels on things? No. Or is it luggage? Right, so, so my, my thing is using wheels to lug things around. The wheelie bin is like oh. is, a, is, a, is a kind of cousin of the suitcase. Okay. So I used to say. be in the wheelie bin. No, no just, so I'm submitting wheelie luggage. Just wheelie luggage. So, okay. but also, so wheels as a way of transporting luggage is fairly mind-blowing, but... <laughs> Like, <laughs> because I'm thinking I would always choose a suitcase over lugging a bag. Okay, I even took a suitcase on DV. The Brecon Beacons was not conducive to a trunky, <laughs> but I made it work. Um, cars Fantastic. have wheels for mountains, so so should suitcases, right? Also, well, I was reading this article in the Guardian. Yes, Suella Braverman, the Guardian. Totally. And um, it was all about how actually the invention of the suitcase was quite a like feminist thing. Like when it came out in the 70s, lots of men were anti-suitcase because they were like well it means women can carry their own stuff around and so the the yeah and so like men. everyone embracing the suitcase is uh, actually very feminist of the world and wow. it's showing a progressive <laughs> look at that and so that is why not only is it very feminism. useful it's also political it's like vote wheelie suitcases fun. for women no, no, no. The, just the concept of a wheelie suitcase. Like, how awful would it be if you had to go on holiday with all your stuff and you you had to carry it around? Like, it seems so archaic and medieval. Mm. But, yeah, that's my thing. Fantastic. UN, I hope you're that's listening. A strong, that's a that's strong good. That's Thank really you. good. Very right. nice justification so to Maya, it. Thank what, you. Is, what is your proposal? Oh, no. Now I'm panicking because I feel like... You I came have... in with, like, three today, I swear. Yeah, that is true. Okay, but you also know, none. You know, I just I just told you guys that I had one. I'm completely not. I even did research on it, but I'm just going to go rogue here. Oh. And I'm going to say... Oh, okay. Okay. It's very nostalgic. Also, probably don't know if you guys can relate, but one pound... Three wings and chips. Hear me out. Wow, that is specific. <laughs> Hear me out. Because it's like... Wait, I don't from know where? If, so it's just, it would just be at like a chicken shop. Like, okay. It's like the best form of takeaway. Well, was because inflation, like it doesn't exist anymore. But like <laughs> you would come out of school, like the chicken shop would just be like on the road next to your school. Everyone would hang out. You would get like a good hearty meal for a pound and... I think a lot of people, well, I say a lot, but I don't know if you guys can relate to it. But I think to me and my small community, it was a very nostalgic um, thing. And I think it was very cultural as well. Ooh. You've got the chicken shop dates. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a very. But then I'm vegan. So oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. But You're not trying to win you me You just over. have the chips. Yeah. Chips and vegan. I just have the one pound. <laughs> yeah. But it was a good, it's good value for money, don't you think? Because mm. now it's like. Cost of living. Yeah, one mm. pound is pretty, pretty yeah. decent. That's a strong, yeah. that's a strong tender. But you know what? You know what you're gonna have with that chicken? Mayonnaise. Do you know Thank what you you, you need to take Garlic it home? Uh, a suitcase. It's Put, still think, mayonnaise. Think of all the mayonnaise you could get in a suitcase. This is true. And how Just many, saying. You'd mm. like imagine lugging the same amount of mayonnaise home with your bare hands yeah, as you, opposed to on the it. wheels. It's not the carrying. You want to eat it, and you can have. And it, it makes the chicken 
tastes better. No. Therefore, it's universal. I but if mayonnaise. you want to lug it around, pop it's it in mayonnaise. a suitcase. It's 100% mayonnaise. Yeah. Lily, what's your one? <laughs> yes. Okay. So my one is better because Adam doesn't like it. Sorry, Adam. Ooh. Amazing. <laughs> and that's your, your entire pitch. Uh, Adam yeah. doesn't like it. <laughs> Adam doesn't like cool. it. That's the end of the it. show. <laughs> no, so it's Shrek, but specifically Shrek No! <laughs> okay. I told you. Shrek I told yeah. Ben, I've my... Okay, quick back story. Me and Ben were talking about this last night. Ben's my flatmate. Ben was He's, on the He was on, on the show, show a couple weeks ago. It's on YouTube now if you want to listen. Um, talking about the World Cup. And Ben said to me, Shrek, I do not like Shrek. I do not like the film. I don't like the character. I don't like any of it. And I, he said... Wow. You should do Shrek as what should be submitted. And I said, if she does Shrek, she has to be kicked you out of the really studio. You really think you so, know someone. Goodbye, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think cinematic masterpiece, honestly. <laughs> like, it's a unique take on, like, fairy tale vibe. You've got, like, the Disney vibe yeah. where everything's... But it's, like, a different take, you yeah. know? And also, Shrek 2 specifically, the soundtrack is amazing. I'm sorry, the Smash Mouth song, overrated, <laughs> terrible, hate it, not good, bad song. Mm. Is it specific to Shrek 2? Like, I, I would just say Shrek 2, yeah, like the whole, the, whole, sub- like, um, the whole trilogy? Well, the whole or trilogy, it could be, but, like, Shrek 2, I think, is the best one. Which one's, what happens I in Shrek 2? I can't remember Shrek 2. I feel like I have my no favourite Give us your was... pitch of Shrek 2. What happened in Shrek 2? Okay, let me give you the, no, this, okay. I'm changing my answer to all of the Shreks. All of the Shreks. Oh, oh, because the entire Shrek storyline. Like, the main point is... Think of think of like your Disney princess movies mm. where everything's like unrealistic, you know, could go into how bad beauty standards, etc., etc. But mm. then you think of the Shreks and it's just a whole new take. Like nothing goes right. It's about, mm. you know, she turns into the ogre vibe. I just think yeah. it's so much better. I like and the, the message. soundtrack adds to I it. I just don't like the film. But you know what you're going to do when you're watching Shrek? Have some mayonnaise. <laughs> Thank you very much. Just, you know what it just is? Just scooping it up. And also, but, my friend Maxime, listening from Germany, so international, hello. just said mayo for the win. So we got one. Okay, let me... This is the thing. It's not that mayo is bad. I actually like mayo, but it's like out of everything. Mayo. Like No mayo. So you would eat mayo. Okay, well, if you're that dedicated, would you have a whole meal of... Just mayo. No, no, because it's, it's, a, it's a condiment. But you, I, I, could, I, could I told a... you I had cucumber and mayo as a dinner, a lunch, and mm. a dinner for like genuinely five days of my life when I went to Isle of Wight because I was really fussy and didn't like the buffet. So I just had mayo <laughs> and cucumber. But and it was go so good. That's a lot of mayo. How are you transporting that? <laughs> <laughs> well, In your suitcase. You if we made the, the, the wings and chips vegan, that you would f- find it a much... No, because I wouldn't have it without mayo. Filling. <laughs> it's the fundamental feature yeah. of all good meals is mayo. It's not a good meal if it ain't got mayo in it. That's my stance. I think the wow. variations of mayo are better than mayo, but yeah, but it's, it's all mayo, you know. It all comes it's from all the comes mother of from... mayo. <laughs> why am I? Why am I? <laughs> I've, I've done so why am I protecting yours? No, you. the suitcase, the wheelie luggage, feminism. No, that's Shrek feminism. No chicken nostalgia. Okay. So I've put I've put the poll up on Twitter. Um, there'll be a poll on Instagram. We'll add up the votes as and, soon as I um, and work finish it out. the show. I'll put one on Instagram um, and we'll announce next week. Um, so yeah. Oh, um, I've put it up on my personal Twitter. I shall put oh. it on the other one. <laughs> um, <laughs> just so everyone remembers clearly, this is the category this is going into is the list of intangible cultural heritage of humanity, and yeah. I absolutely think mayo should be up there. Uh, suitcases for the win. I don't like chicken, but I mean wings, but wings and chips for the win. Um, with mayo. It's, it's the whole culture about it. That's the key word here, guys. Culture. 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 What culture does mayo have? Yeah, my words are <laughs> you need mayo. Mayo anyway. is the least cultural. 
but let's leave that anyway so that's the end of the show please do vote we'll be back next week thank you for listening and we'll be a podcast in about an hour uh, follow follow so, our twitter um, and our instagram and and, and and follow us on spotify that's new from last week we have yeah. a spotify yes. now a uh, listen to it over and over and over again we don't mind if please that's creepy so we can actually show up in the searches yes okay yeah. i know that was a bit of a struggle for me. <laughs> <laughs> thank okay. you everyone for listening bye thank you, you for having me